Psalm 59, hear God's holy, inspired, and inerrant word. To the chief musician, set to do not destroy, a mictum of David when Saul sent men, and they watched the house in order to kill him. Deliver me from my enemies, O my God. Defend me from those who rise up against me. Deliver me from the workers of iniquity and save me from bloodthirsty men. For look, they lie in wait for my life. The mighty gather against me, not for my transgression nor for my sin, O Lord. They run and prepare themselves through no fault of mine. Awake to help me and behold, you therefore, O Lord God of hosts, the God of Israel, awake to punish all the nations. Do not be merciful to any wicked transgressors. At evening they return, they growl like a dog, and go all around the city. Indeed, they belt with their mouth, swords are in their lips, for they say, Who hears? But you, O Lord, shall laugh at them. You shall have all the nations in derision. I will wait for you, O you his strength, for God is my defense. My God of mercy shall come to meet me. God shall let me see my desire on my enemies. Do not slay them, lest my people forget. Scatter them by your power and bring them down, O Lord, our shield. For the sin of their mouth and the words of their lips, let them even be taken in their pride and for the cursing and lying which they speak. Consume them in wrath, consume them, that they may not be, and let them know that God rules in Jacob to the ends of the earth. And at evening they return, they growl like a dog, and go all around the city. They wander up and down for food, and howl if they are not satisfied. But I will sing of your power, Yes, I will sing aloud of your mercy in the morning, for you have been my defense and refuge in the day of my trouble. To you, O my strength, I will sing praises, for God is my defense, my God of mercy. May God add his blessing to this reading of his word. Uh, This psalm uh, was written on the occasion when David was going to be Uh, hounded by Saul's men, messengers whom he sent, to come and kill David. It says in the superscription, a victim of David when Saul sent men and they watched the house in order to kill him. If you want to turn, you can to Psalm, uh, excuse me, 1 Samuel uh, 19, and I'll read there just a couple of verses that tell us a little bit about this situation. 1 Samuel 19, It's not that long after David had killed Goliath. It's not long after David was playing the harp for King Saul. And remember, King Saul tried to kill David by throwing a spear at him. 1 Samuel 19 um, and verse 11 It says, let me back up to verse 10, Then Saul sought to pin David to the wall with the spear, but he slipped away from Saul's presence, and he drove the spear into the wall. So David fled and escaped that night. 
Saul also sent messengers to David's house to watch him and to kill him in the morning. And Michael, David's wife, told him, saying, If you do not save your life tonight, tomorrow you will be killed. So Michael let David down through a window, and he went and fled and escaped. And Michael took an image and laid it in the bed, put a cover of goat's hair for his head, and covered it with clothes. So when Saul sent messengers to take David, she said, He is sick. Then Saul sent the messengers back to see David, saying, Bring him up to me in the bed that I may kill him. And when the messengers had come in, there was the image in the bed with a cover of goat's hair for his head. And the the story uh, goes on. That's the incident uh, where Saul had sent messengers to go and kill uh, David. And as a result of this situation and this scenario... I would label this psalm, or the theme of this psalm, as a cry for deliverance from those who are sent to do evil. Okay, We see Saul sending this, these men to do evil. David refers to these men as dogs in our psalm. In Psalm 59, verses 14 And 15, at evening they return, they growl like a dog, they go all around the city, they wander up and down for food and howl if they are not satisfied. Then that idea is repeated again, Um, excuse me, that was was 14 and 15, oh boy, I lost it, excuse me, verses 6 and 7, I read, the, I read the latter portion. At evening they return, they growl like a dog, they go all around the city, indeed they belch with their mouth, swords are in their lips, and they say, who hears? So twice this idea comes up. Now children, in scripture, uh, dogs uh, in biblical times were not pets like they are today. Um, they were used as watchdogs. Isaiah mentions that in Isaiah 56. They were, uh, they were also used in herding like herding sheep. We read that in Job chapter 30. But for the most part, dogs are referred to in, in, in negative terms. They're, they're considered, maybe like we would think of hyenas or something, but they're scavengers. They, they, they run around, they're vicious, they will attack you, um, they scurry around together, and, and they're not a warm, fun-loving pets that we uh, we've treat them as today. We've domesticated them more so today. And so, dogs, you should know, is a term that comes up over and over again in Scripture. The Apostle Paul refers to some men as dogs, and he's not speaking them in a favorable light. Okay, uh, Dogs in biblical times uh, were, uh, cons- were used in Scripture negatively. Um, but uh, we want to see that these last few psalms can seem a little bit repetitive. I know we're talking a lot about David's enemies, but as I've mentioned before, uh, there, there, is, uh, there is something of um, uh, a pattern that we see in the last few psalms where the different enemies of the king are mentioned. And I've mentioned these before, but let me do it again. Uh, we, we have David's own tribe that tries to come uh, after David. Then we have a closest friend. Then we have the neighboring Philistines. Then we have King Saul. 
Then we have lesser rulers of the land. Uh, uh, and now we have what some have called these murderous henchmen, these uh, messengers the, the, that are sent by Saul. Okay, And the point is, is that this is a catalog of enemies that few people have ever faced. And the theme throughout this second book in, in, in the Psalms is the king trusting himself in the Lord in spite of all of his enemies, that God will bring him to reign as king, you see. And we, so we see this catalog of all of these enemies. And here we have those who are sent to do evil. Now, I want to say something about that because it is true that a lot of times those who are sent to do things are not nearly as culpable as those who send them. We can think about soldiers fighting in an army. They're just given orders and they need to go do it and they need to trust that what they're being told is the right thing to do. And it may be wrong, but you better believe they are not culpable like those who sent them who know what's going on. But there are also instances in which soldiers can know more and are told to do something in spite of what they know to be wrong. And even then, it is the, it is the, it is the duty of that person in that position to say, no, what you have told me to do is wrong. I cannot sin against God. I cannot sin against my conscience. I will not do what you've asked me to do. You'd have to imprison me or do whatever you want to to me. Okay? And these men... Should, have no, should not have obeyed the orders of King Saul. And how many there are who are sent and who do and, and think they can have the excuse, well, I'm just, I'm just following orders, when they know better. Even soldiers, even guards can be culpable. But we know that this situation is applicable beyond just David's situation and the, the, these messengers that Saul sends. In verse 5 of our psalm, Psalm 59, verse 5, it says, You therefore, O Lord, a God of hosts, the God of Israel, awake to punish all the nations. In other, other words, all those who do things like this to your people. Do not be merciful to any of the wicked transgressors. In verse 8, But you, O Lord, shall laugh at them. You shall have them in derision. Now this, this should remind us, you shall laugh at them. You should have, ha, shall have all the nations in derision. It should remind us of what? Psalm 2, right? In Psalm 2, we are given this language that clearly refers to the Lord Jesus Christ. In Psalm 2, verses 2 through 5, the kings of the earth set themselves, the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bands in pieces and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall hold them in derision. You see, this is hearkening back to this same theme, to the same ultimate king whom the Psalms are about. Not King David, but King Jesus. And what do we read about in Psalm 22? Psalm 22 about Christ at the time when he was nailed to the cross. In Psalm 22, 16, For dogs have surrounded me. Remember, this is clearly a messianic psalm. Dog, the dogs have surrounded me. The congregation of the wicked have, has enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. 
I count all my bones, they look and stare at me. They divide my garments among them, and my clothing they, for my clothing they cast lots. You see, these were men, and remember, the soldiers who nailed Christ to the cross, they were not the Jews, they were the Romans. They were not as culpable as the Jews. And that's why Jesus says, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Now, like the Jews, he's talking about the Romans who nailed him to the cross. But we should think also in this psalm of the countless other believers who uh, have suffered similar fate at the hands of wicked men who are sent to do the dirty work of those who are in charge. But this, this psalm is, is a prayer that God would deliver his people, just as he delivered Christ from the cross uh, when he rose again. But he would deliver his people from the hands of cruel, wicked men who may not be kings, but they're still servants of them. And they do the bidding of men who are evil in positions of power. Well, let's, let's uh, stand together to uh, sing uh, Psalm 